Hi all, this is Courtney with Soma Mama Podcast. Thank you all for joining to listen. For the purpose of today, this episode will be an intro on me and how I came to form Soul to Soul Wellness, my business, and how I came to offer you the Soma Mama Podcast. Disclaimer. I'm currently recording this on my laptop. I don't have any proper podcasting equipment. I am trusting the sound quality will be what it needs to be. And I use this as a disclaimer for those of you who are perfectionists in recovery, as I am as well. And there are many things um, compiled with anxiety that I think I need to have in in a certain way in order to accomplish something uh, fully, that is. And it hasn't really been until this year. Again, I am in my Saturn return for those of you astrology nerds out there and really have felt a shift this year in just stepping into my fullness and my authentic offerings, which have been ruminating for years and and in the development stages, I suppose. And I really hit a point in January where I was like, you know what? Like I've been telling myself all of the reasons why I can't do X, Y, and Z. And Court, you know what? Let's reframe that and say, well, why? Why? Why the heck not? Why can't you? Why can't you start a business? Why can't you do a cranial sacral therapy training? Why can't you buy a massage table and a rolling chair online and start offering in-home bodywork services? You know, why can't you go for a two-mile run if you want to? Um, why can't you put your kiddo in childcare? You know, all of these things. Um, yeah, for, for multiple, a multitude of reasons. And again, I needed to take other responsibilities on before chasing after my own. Um, yeah, or, or thinking I needed to do it all, which, is, which certainly is not the case, even though on a day-to-day basis, I continue to remind myself of that. So... Back to me. Hi, I'm Courtney. I grew up in a small mountain town in northern Idaho. It is a beautiful small town situated on Lake Ponderay. My family has been there for four generations, and actually, my grandmas went to high school together, which is kind of crazy. There's a, a beautiful picture of them um, sitting on the back of like a, an old vehicle convertible um, for like the homecoming court and they're both like doing their princess wave. It, it's beautiful. It's truly beautiful. Um, as is the town I'm from, the name is Sandpoint. Um, it's also one of those places where I have traveled the world far and wide and I'll get into that later on, I'm sure. Um, but I kid you not, I had continued to find connections to Sandpoint, which just blows my mind. Um, so the energetics of it, for those of you who are energy, Reiki, empath, feeler folks, is, is incredible. Um, it is also kind of a paradox, too. There's like, yeah, the, the, 
the politics there are quite polarized. The type of people can feel quite polarized, but there there is still this collectiveness um, and this like sweet nectar that is really unlike any other place I've experienced. Um, in fact, aside from the community piece, because I have yet to immerse myself in the Wanaka New Zealand community, but aesthetic-wise, energy-wise, Wanaka New Zealand, situated in the South Island of New Zealand near, excuse me, Queenstown, is a place that I would compare to Sandpoint. Ah, I lived in New Zealand for a period of time, so I'll also get back to that. So, currently I live in just outside of Philadelphia. I've been here for two and a half years now. I'm going to take a sip of my tea. I live here with my fiance and our son and, you know, Philly, I moved here February of 2020, just before the onset of the pandemic. And it has been, I want to say a wild ride. And it really hasn't been all that tumultuous. It's in many ways been very, very lovely in my own personal world, um, contradicted to the events of the outside world in the last two years. Um, but really, one thing I've noticed is finding a sense of community is in anywhere I live is so, so important and essential to me. And I've always known that in, in other places that I've lived. But I will say, I feel like I've found those people and found those those community pods with more ease in other places that I've lived. Um, whereas here, I found it a bit more challenging. And I don't know if that's the contrast between just the natural demeanor and energy. You're going to hear me say energy or vibes like a trillion times <laughs> during this podcast. But um yeah, I don't know if that's because I'm like used to West Coast easygoing. You smile at your neighbor, you you know bump into people you know at the grocery store, and then you arrive on the East Coast and it's a little bit more cold, if, if you will, and people's heads are down, and, and you know there's less of that. Like you look up and smile at each other. Not to say it doesn't happen. This is not a generalized sweeping blanket statement, um, but there's definitely subtleties that I've noticed. Um, that have left me feeling like a fish out of water. <laughs> yeah. Um, and my grit and my determination has, has, and my humility definitely has opened up friendships and, um, yeah, opportunity for connection. And I'm sure as many of us can relate to, it is challenging to make friends as an adult, or it can feel very challenging. And you really in my experience, do have to set that ego aside and, you know, I've literally approached people and been like, hey, do you want to be friends? Like at a fitness studio or, hey, do you want to get coffee? And I will say the more you do it, the more it becomes comfortable and more than likely they are experiencing the same thoughts or feelings. So, someone's got to break the ice. <laughs> um, all right, so let's rewind a little bit. Grew up in a small mountain town. Had a had a really nice childhood. Um, 
it. I loved playing outside in the dirt underneath our large maple tree in my family home. I was one of those people who lived in the same house uh, my whole life, um, in which my mom still lives in. Um, so very stationary, you know, grandparents were a couple blocks away. The, we could hop on our Razor scooters and our bikes and go play at the, the elementary school playground, which was just around the corner from us. Um, again, it's like I said, this, my town's situated on a big lake, so we could ride down to the lake and, and swim. And there was just trust and freedom and, um, yeah, like very low crime rate. And so as a parent, it, it felt pretty safe to, to give your kiddos, um, a loose leash, if you will. And that's, I know that's not a lived experience in a lot of other places. So for that, I am very grateful and yes, had very supportive grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins who lived by. And so that connection to family felt very, very close and supportive and loving. We, as a family, extended family celebrated all everyone's birthdays together and you know between all members it's like every month has a birthday so um, again that's what I know and that's what's normalized but I for us and for our family but I'm, I've learned that for other people that's that's not normal you know to get together for like your aunt's birthday and, and celebrate it with everyone so truly it is a blessing and um yeah, I grew up playing soccer. I remember distinctly. I was in dance class till I was probably about, I was under five. I must have been three or four. And I had, that's when I had the option to switch over to soccer, um, which was called SSA or Sandpoint Soccer Association at the time. And so I remember my mom asking me like, Courtney, do you want to do both dance or soccer or do you want to do soccer. And I remember tripping over my toes and dance. I would have bruised knees and elbows as I'd be falling down. It was not the most graceful. And I was just so jazzed. Haha. <laughs> That's a pun <laughs> to be moving away from dance and into soccer. And from there on out, I played soccer, um, all throughout high school. I decided ultimately not to play in college, but I could have probably played like division three soccer. Um, I played tennis for a couple of years in high school, and that was super fun. Excuse me. Yawn break. I'm recording this in the evening as I have some, some alone time, so there may be some more yawns to come. Um, and I played volleyball and basketball up until about middle school, and then, you know, I had to choose um, which sport I wanted to focus on in which season. I also grew up skiing. There's a ski mountain in our hometown, which is a big, big blessing. I love skiing. And so skiing consumed my winter weekends. So that's ultimately why I decided not to play basketball. And then between high school soccer and then club soccer, I was playing soccer all year round. Um, so that feels important to name. Athletics were a big part of my, um, my upbringing, but really what I loved most in them. Like I was never the star athlete. I was good. I wasn't bad, but I liked the camaraderie. I liked the teamwork. I liked the leadership. I liked, I liked all of those extra components that came with organized athletics. I also played the violin from the age of 
4 to 17. Um, actually, fun fact, I my sis, older sister played the violin and I was always terrible at reading music. I got to the point where I could do it, but I didn't like it. But when I first picked up a violin, I could I knew how to play several songs just because I'd listened to them um, being played by my sister, which is pretty cool. And I played all the way up until like to I was in high school, uh, symphony or orchestra. I was second violin, and I got to a point where I was like, "Yo, mom, I am burnt out. I don't want to do this anymore." It was I had to wake up, but you know, be there an hour early to school to practice and it just you down needed a break but I will still pick up the violin here and there and play by muscle memory and I love string instruments I love the violin the ukulele the cello the guitar and yeah I'm just so grateful for my immersion into music at an early age a funny contradiction is that I am one of those people who cannot recite lyrics at all. Like, at all. I, and I feel comfortable enough around my partner who knows every single lyric of every single song that's ever existed. It blows my mind to kind of spit out the lyrics that I think, I think are correct. He's like, oh, Lord Clark, what? What did you just say? And I'm like, yeah, oh, wasn't it? And he's like, no, 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 no. Um, so yeah, not as, not as talented as a lyricist or a vocalist, but I definitely have a knack for hearing um, music and regurgitating it on a violin. Um, I also played the piano for a while, and also that was—I remember that was the first thing I had to quit on my own. I told my mom like we would go; she'd pick me up after school, and we'd drive out to violin lessons, and we'd drive back into town, and we'd go to piano lessons. And I was like, "This is just too much." And I had soccer on the other days, and she was like, "Okay, it's okay if it's too much, but you're gonna have to tell your piano, your piano teacher, you're done." And I was like oh shit and that was the hardest thing for me to do I felt like I was letting her down and you know she was so kind and being like if you can you ever want to come back you can come back but I totally respect your decision and what I think I was in like I want to say maybe I was in like the fifth grade I wanted to say the third grade but I was definitely in elementary school so that was tough um so I was a an academic all A students clear through high school. I was salutatorian. I was class president, super perfectionist, people pleaser. But I did have, I did it all. National Honor Society. Um, I had great friendships. Um, but I did have a lot of deep rooted, like insecure attachments and in insecurities and. I was, I would say I was kind of a peacekeeper, which is definitely a quality that I still hold today. Um, but I, in high school, like to be friends with all of the different, you know, in quotation groups or cliques as we call in high school. I, but I didn't ever want to be a part of a clique, but I had, there was like a component in me that could relate and could to relate to and get along with, um, everybody and all sorts of different cliques. I was not a party girl at all. Um, I grew up with an alcoholic father, so there's a lot of embedded fear around alcohol and its repercussions. And y'all, I can say truly still to this day, 
alcohol does not taste good. Like, yes, there's a couple drinks that I'll sip on and can enjoy, but like, a gal doesn't need more than one. And I'm like, this is not, this is just not taste good. Um, I'd much rather be drinking a smoothie or like milkshake or, um, raspberry lemonade. Um, so that's all to say I would not go out on like Friday nights. I would, I would want to hang at home and watch movies with my mom. We would watch Hallmark together and, you know, she was fine with that, but she was also, she, we were best buds in high school, but she also was like, Clark, get out. And I remember one of my friends would always come and just grab me off the couch on like a Friday or Saturday evening and be like, we're, we're not partying, but we're getting up and we're doing something like, okay. I love being social. I love doing things, but I also do think I, um, and now knowing a lot more about somatics, I, um, sought the need for, for safety and comfort. And I mean, I'm also, I'm also an old soul. I have been told that from day one of my existence, like, Yes, there's just this this deeply wise soul in Courtney, and um, you know she's she's wise beyond her years, and I it's it's always been an interesting thing for me to hear because I'm like, well, I don't know anything different, but I do think and know I have lived several lifetimes prior to this one, and so I this in this lifetime I want to serve others and do good and be nice and just live a, live a peaceful life. Big breath to that. So another fun fact about me is I, for most of my adolescent and adult being experience, I have been I would say I haven't been afraid to share my voice, but I've definitely hidden behind my voice. And it's it's interesting because I can very easily step into leadership roles and and take ownership and be a delegator. And also when it comes to more intimate conversations, I will like mumble mumble underneath my breath, or I'll be talking to someone such as my partner or a family member or a friend, and I'll turn away from them as I'm talking to them. And they're like, Courtney, I can't hear you. And that's one of the most triggering things is when someone tells me they can't hear me, like even on the phone when I'm like, hey, can you hear me? Is the connection okay? And they're like, no, I can't. And I'm like, God damn it. I just want to hang up the phone because it, and that definitely touches deeper on a psycho-emotional level of like not feeling heard or not feeling understood. And so when I receive that language, I'm like, oh, like I'm trying. And what I want to say is like, you don't need to get your ears checked, right? Um, but also, Courtney, maybe turning around and facing someone when you speak to them would allow for them to hear you more clearly. So that's all to say, speaking to into a podcast feels exciting and it feels new and I'm also trying to really be conscious of my projection and my pronunciation because those are areas that I've faulted in the past um, without really always having conscious awareness of it. So segue into post high school, graduated, went to college in Southern California at the University of San Diego 
I declared my major as a freshman and I stuck with it. It was in behavioral neuroscience. I minored in leadership studies. I studied abroad in New Zealand for a semester my junior year and I absolutely loved it. I knew I wanted to return. Um, yeah, at the time I was dating someone from, I met someone in New Zealand too, so that was all the more reason to return. So I came back to America post-study abroad. I kind of re-directed like, my energies. I was thinking I was going to go to grad school at, the, at USD as well, and I ended up deciding, you know, grad school will always be there, but I, I want to travel. So I, I moved actually over to Australia where I could get a, a working holiday visa pretty easily. I lived there for about seven months. Um, and then came back to America to walk at graduation, and I worked a summer um, at a summer camp on the East Coast, and then I moved back, excuse me, excuse me, <laughs> to New Zealand, and so that would have been in 2017, and oh man, I hold New Zealand so fondly in my heart. I've been back once since I moved, which would have been in, um... Oh, so that was 2016, 2017. So I went back to visit in 2018. And um, yes, it was one of the first places where I truly felt like free to be me. I was just like unleashed, not a care in the world, could just so authentically discover myself and be myself. And it was, it was incredible, and it's my hope that everyone has a place like that, be it your hometown or in your same country or wherever, that you just hold that that fondness and that, that like, connection to true essence, and, you know, it's so interesting because I could, I could return to New Zealand now, years later, and I could still feel that, and I could also return to New Zealand years later and feel like, you know, the memories that I hold here are incredible, and I also, I'm pausing because I just heard a loud sound outside, um, yeah, and it's also not the place for me to live, in, you know, right now anymore, or anymore, um, you know, and I think we experience that with traveling a lot, too, like, we'll hold a place with such high regard, but we'll visit it again and it might not ha we not might not be with the same people or it might be in a different phase or stage in our life and it just feels different and that's okay i want i want to remind remind you and remind myself that that's okay um so cycle forward i well, i ended up working at a nonprofit for teens and adults with disabilities in new zealand i also worked as a behavioral therapist. I got my training in behavioral therapy um, with the board or behavioral analysis certification board that governs internationally. Um, and there's an interesting connection there because that is the work that my partner does as well. And um, that will be a story for a later date. Um, about how we met. Anywho, um, yeah, it was great work. It was great work that was me felt meaningful straight out of undergrad. 
and ultimately decided that I wanted to travel more. So the end of 2017, I left New Zealand with my boyfriend at the time. We traveled Europe for six months after, um, well, about five months after that, and we ended up parting ways after about four years together. And then we, and then I proceeded on to travel Central America for about a few weeks with a girlfriend of mine, and that was incredible. We went to a retreat in Costa Rica where I was introduced to somatic body work and the work of Richard Strazzi and the Strazzi Institute in the Bay Area. I'm giving them a shout out here if you don't know about them. It's a great place to start um, as an introduction to somatics. Stacey Haynes does a lot of teaching and instructing with Strazi, and she's also done work with generative somatics as well, which is more of a somatics and activism um, institute or organization. And so after this retreat in Costa Rica, my bank account was empty, so I landed back home living with mom for what I thought would just be a few months. It was the summer. I was like, great, I'll, you know, I'll work a couple jobs. I'll make some more money and I'll, I'm either going to travel again or I'm going to move and probably start grad school. It was so uncertain. And that was the first time really in my 20s where I was like, what the heck am I doing? You know, like kind of quarter life crisis. Um, and there's actually a, a beautiful book with this of a psychologist that it's about the quarter life breakthrough. The defining decade is called. So if that's you listening to this, I highly recommend recommend that one. Um okay, another loud sound, but I'm gonna assume that that's a firework. So um yeah, I was at home and I hit I want to say rock bottom. I really, I really hit hard. I, oh, and I, I, I'm grateful that Courtney at the time knew, okay, go to therapy. There's some, there's some stuff you've been running away from and that's clearly being surfaced, um, as you're brought back to this familiar place, AKA home. So I was in therapy but I really just had this this I, this internal fight going on that was like, get out of this place, get out of this place, and like, this isn't good for you. And then also just like, Courtney, ground and stay in it and be in it, and and like you'll come out the other side. But any of us who have been in that place know it's hard to see and hard to feel in the moment that there is going to be another side. And um. Yeah, so ended up being at home for about a year and a half, and this is actually a great little full circle wrap up to reconnecting with my my now fiance, and really just jumping across across the nation, and um, yeah, moving in together and and trying that out and um. I'm here to attest it's worked out. It's been a beautiful process and it's it's also been everything in between. Um yeah, and so grounding and, and stepping into motherhood has been a, a my journey as of as of recently. And also 
what I've been, the analogy I've been saying lately is just, you know, I'm throwing paint on a canvas to, to decide what, see what's going to stick. And so about a year ago, I decided to begin my master's in social work program, which feels very aligned and exciting. And I have immersed myself into some further trainings, such as cranial sacral trainings. Um, I'm doing an enlightened body worker course, which kind of combines all things body work and somatic and emotional release. And I'm looking to advance my yoga trainings in the near future, and also hopefully embark on a three-year journey into somatic experiencing. So that brings me to where I am now and where I wish to go in the future, which is to become a somatic psychotherapist. And currently my business, Soul to Soul Wellness, which I will pop in the show notes and you can visit at www.com. S-O-L-E, like soul of your foot, to S-O-U-L, your spirit, soul, soul to soul wellness.com. And I am do offering yoga therapy. I'm offering mental health check-ins. I am not a registered or licensed therapist yet, so I do not um, suggest my services in, in replacement of therapy. Um, but mental health care is a huge part of what I do and off, wish to offer and craniosacral fascial therapy, which is a wonderful bodywork modality, and I will be talking about that in episodes to come. And I also offer writing support, and that might feel like it comes out of left field a little bit, but writing and voice activation are associated with our throat chakra, our fifth chakra. Um, they're largely connected to energy and also the mind. Um, there's a reason why there's a term called writer's block because people get stuck in their head and it, and it inhibits their creativity. So because writing is something I love to do and something I do quite naturally, it's a gift that I wish to share with other people in helping them curate things for their business in written form or um, just get words on the paper for, for themselves and for their well-being. And it's also, you know, journaling has become such a big buzz um, buzzword and theme and action in the last decade, it seems. But really, if you think about just releasing energy onto a paper, um, and if that's not your, your vibe, hey, if you have a commute or if you like to walk or, yeah, walk your dog at the end of the day or beginning of the day, Take out your smartphone, open up your voice memos, and just speak into it. No one ever has to listen to that again, but just get that energy out, get those words out of your head, and let them go and let them be. I'm going to wrap it up here in the honor of keeping this around a 30-minute session and first solo episode. If you have any questions at all, you can connect with me on Instagram at Soul to Soul Wellness LLC. Again, S O L E to S O U L. You can contact me via my website, and I'd love to connect. If you have any questions or if you have any um, resonance with what I've shared today, I one of my most very, very favorite things is uh, share storytelling and story sharing and connection through vulnerability, right? I'm one of those people that wants to get deep into our conversation first and foremost. Let's skip the small chat. 
I can do it. Doesn't feel great. I'd rather just get to the, the nitty gritties uh, of life. So reach out. I will be looking forward to sharing the next episode with you here shortly. We'll see how we roll out with our episodes. It's going to happen in a pretty organic fashion right now. And um, yeah, I'll be looking forward to bringing on some guests to share their beauty and their offerings with you and have some really, really juicy conversations. So however you are leaving this off after you complete this episode, go well, be well, take a deep, big belly breath for me. Let's do it together. And I'll see you again soon. Bye.